Hello and welcome to Building a Business Podcast. This is a show where we embark on an adventure with entrepreneurs across various industries, picking their brains and hearts on what it's like building, starting, building, maintaining, and growing a small business. Building a Business Podcast brought to you by Virtual Palace Marketing, rehumanizing your marketing experience. My name is Sean. This week, we are with Prabha from Weekday Bakers. Hi Prabha, how are you doing? I am good, Sean. How are you? I'm great. Well, considering all the things that is going on in the world, all okay. (laughs) Okay, um, thank you so much for taking your time to join our podcast. And uh, we understand that you do run a weekday baker's business. So let's get into it. Um, What is the origin of the idea and the name of your business? Okay, so I'm going to give you a little bit of a story here. So I was actually in learning and development. I was in a corporate job. Um, for the past seven years and you know last year when COVID happened a lot of people got retrenched and I was one of them also so um, initial stages uh, when I was retrenched I was pretty much confident of actually landing a new job which I was you know my similar to my um, previous role I was actually looking for a different job but unfortunately right um, interviews after interviews and then you know now interview processes are not that easy anymore you have different levels different stages um, you know assessments and everything so um, as time went by, you know, interviews after interviews, um, it slowly start, um, you know, started taking a toll on me, on my own mental health. I started having a lot of anxiety attacks and things like that. So um, to take my mind off it, I started baking. So um, it was almost um, towards the end of the year, last year, 2020. Um, so I started baking mostly for my own self, for my own family. And um, almost Christmas, uh, my husband actually teased me. He said, um, hey, um, now that you're baking, you know, every Monday to Friday, you're baking something new. So it's something similar to your corporate job, Monday to Friday. So um, why don't you call yourself weekday bakers, be your own boss, you know, um, you're self-employed anyway. So it's your own business. You run it Monday to Friday, you'll be fine. So he actually named it weekday bakers. (laughs) So yeah, I took it as a dare. I did not uh, want to start it first. Um, I was actually very doubtful of myself, um, but I started it somehow. I started an Instagram page um, called Weekday Bakers um, in um, late December last year. Uh, and somehow the response was actually very good. Um, honestly, the initial response was mainly from um, friends and family, but it started slowly growing and I kind of liked it. Um, the convenience I had at home baking taking care of my parents and you know having time for my other interviews and so on um i kind of liked it so i was yeah confident of continuing it as a full-time business itself okay and let's talk about your growth through social media uh you said that in the beginning it was uh, it came through um your your friends and family started uh, uh, becoming your customers first, which is quite normal when it comes to new businesses. Uh, how were you able to grow to uh, to sell to people who don't know you? Okay, so um, when the first month passed by, right, I started noticing that a lot of my customers were actually friends and family. So um, during that time, it actually triggered me. It's like, it's not going to go a very long way. If it's going to be purely friends and family, it's not going to go a long way. So I started thinking and brainstorming, what else can I do? And, you know, social media marketing played a very, very big role in um, how my business actually grew. Um, what I started doing was um, researching a lot of other um, competitors' pages, seeing what they are doing and um, 
but when it comes to um, Indian market, right? Indian um, cookies and sellers, everybody used to just post like, okay, image, uh, how to say, imagine just the picture of the, your selling cookies and then, yeah, that's it, just a tub alone and then everything is gone. But um, I realized one thing, uh, when you move and see how other people are doing internationally, right? There's a lot of nicer pictures that actually play a lot of role into it. So um, that is why uh, my husband actually likes photography. So I dragged him into this, um, got some of his ideas, um, you know, to take um, different types of photographs. Initially, it was just photos only. Photos with captioning and tags, that actually started bringing in a lot of new customers. I mean, how um, Instagram works, you know, right? Uh, tags usually work. So um, that was that. And then now that uh, Reels is coming in, Reels is really helping a lot. I would say um, I started um, experimenting on Reels, um, tried doing a simple cookie ad, advertisement on a cookie. And I was how does it, amazed at how, how much um, new customers it has actually brought me in. So that is how the growth has been the past four months. I can see a very steep growth. <laughs> Wow, that's amazing news. This like this is like the this is like the kind of um uh, uh the kind of case study that Instagram wants to use to market the success of their exactly. of their users. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's quite good. Mm. And um so let's uh then I must say the first time I checked out your Instagram uh account, this is something I've been telling a lot of uh my friends or people who I've interviewed or my clients as well that visual plays a very important appeal when it comes to it and i'm glad that you were able to take the coins from international um, instagram accounts rather than just the malaysian ones because um, if we want to compete with just the malaysian level then that is where we are but if you want to take a step further you look at what other people internationally are doing and you follow them and then all of a sudden you're able to leapfrog ahead of all your Malaysian competitors. Yeah. And I think it's thanks to your husband because the visuals are quite amazing. I love looking at it and it makes me want to get some of your cookies. Right. <laughs> that is the intention, so it's working. <laughs> yes, it is. It is working. It's, it's very nice. It's a good appeal because I keep looking at it and say, this one looks so professionally done. It's so nice. It's not cropped. It's not corporate. It's like it gets you deep into the cookies and make you want to try some of them. We're actually doing it in our own dining table using our whatever that we can get at home to photograph. No, but it's amazing because you have, you know, the, it's down to the small little things that you put aside, you know, the little, it's those kind of stuff that, that makes it stand out so much. So good job on that one. I think you can keep doing that and you will um, do very well on that one. So let's uh, let's move on to next one, right? Uh, what is the unique aspect of your business that sets it apart from others? Uh, how do you see yourself differently? Okay, um, when it comes to um, the unique sense, right? Um, there are a lot of bakers, but for you to get um, vegetarian ones that are eggless and vegetarian friendly and eggless at the same time, it's pretty difficult. Um, my dad is a full-time vegetarian here, so I, I don't know. I've been seeing him vegetarian the whole life. So um, for him to get um, cookies from outside, whether you want to purchase, it's pretty difficult. So my mom used to make it um, at home for festive season. So that is one of the reasons why I wanted to make our product entirely vegetarian. 
um, just to set it apart. You know, it's easier for you, uh, for vegetarians to actually get cookies that are equally good, I would say. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and I am actually moving towards um, creating more um, vegan-friendly product, products as well. Mm. And um, so you started this off as a... Uh, you positioned it as an Indian ethnic uh, uh, cookie type of branding. And um, a lot of your cookie styles are based on those kind of cookies that, that Indian ethnics uh, like to eat. Do you see yourself or do you see the brand being able to sell beyond and grow beyond the Indian ethnic community? I think yes. Um, my initial stage, that was mostly Indian. But I think when um, this year the Chinese New Year came in, right, I started thinking to myself that, um, no, it's not going to work that way. We are eventually Malaysians. And if I'm going to tap on the Malaysian market instead of just purely the Indian market, I have to move beyond what I just sell, that one thing. So um, that is why, you know, beyond the Indian sweets, the laddu, the coconut candy, I started selling, you know, pineapple tart, Elmo London cookies. These are Malaysian favorites, I would say. So... Um, that is why I was stepping on that. And then my promotional work started. Um, I started doing a lot of um, Chinese New Year promotions. Now I have Hari Raya promotions happening. And I actually see um, the, the, the market growing um, in the sense of like I'm getting um, customers who are, um, you know, Chinese or Malays. And especially for me, um, um, Malay customers, for me, um, I am not a big brand. I do not have any halal um, certifications yet. But um, the one thing that I can assure is um, all my products are actually from halal suppliers. My home is a pet-free home. So these are the um, um, things that I can give, um, the confidence that I can give to my customers. So yes, mm-hmm. eventually it's actually happening and growing. Mm, that's good. That's good. And let's, let's uh, take it further from there, right? Um, now that business is doing good and everything, do you... Okay, let's take a step back first. Where are you selling it at the moment now? At the moment, it's purely on um, Instagram, social media, Instagram, WhatsApp, um, mm-hmm. Facebook, mainly on okay. that, yeah. And it's a, it's a PM to order type of style? Yes, PM to order. Do you see any potential to set up an e-commerce site and actually sell from there? Uh, I have actually plans for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't actually set and, you know, put a, a whole new... Um, how to say? I've not put a model to it yet, so mm-hmm. yeah, so it's still an idea in the head which I've not managed to uh, work on. Okay. <laughs> Lazada and Shopee, but uh, yeah, it it really needs a lot of um effort. And now that I'm actually doing it alone, uh, mm-hmm. I would really need help in that sense of um, baking in a larger scale. Mm. Okay. So uh. There is uh, pros and cons with being in Lazada and Shopee, which is that the pro is that you don't have to set up all the logist- all the operation stuff um, with Lazada and Shopee, and you don't have to go looking for customers because customers will look for you because it is a marketplace after all. But the downside of Lazada and Shopee is uh, you will be subjected to generalization in a sense that you become generic, you become just another provider. You cannot... Uh, you can't push your in your uniqueness because Lazada pushes you down to the generic. Uh, because what Lazada wants to do is they actively want to push all all the unique brands and everything down to the generic level, so that they can sell more of other kinds of stuff that gives them more margin. Uh, 
but of course, on the other hand, setting your new e-commerce site will be a bit of a tricky thing, right? It's not easy. It requires a little bit of work and, you know, it's tedious. And it's something that you will find it very difficult to do alone. So you will need someone to help you to do this. And then um, then it comes to the question of uh, you may need to hire people to help you bake as well. Because, you know, yeah. when the demand increases, you need to know how to, you know, do that kind of stuff. But you see, you do see the the potential happening, right? Like it, it is already starting to flow according to... Yep, yep, yep. So I am actually currently, um, I've already bought my own domain actually. So mm-hmm. starting to look at um, building my own website. So once the website is actually up, then maybe e-commerce will start being part of it as well. Mm, okay. And have you thought of how the e-commerce, uh, how are you going to supply the e-commerce stuff? As in, is it going to be pre-order format or are you going to pre-make a bunch and then sell that bunch? It's going to be a pre-order. Mm. And the the decision was made because of freshness? I think it, it's, uh, yeah, actually, um, one of the main thing is that I do not use any preservatives. So it is my own value to always do pre-order products so that I can maintain the freshness, maintain the quality, and that is the reason why pre-order. Until now, um, all my products are actually pre-ordered, fresh made. Okay, okay. That's good. That's brilliant. Um. Yep. So let's move on to the next one, which is initial struggles as an entrepreneur and starting the business. Uh, okay. Do you like from the time when you moved away? You you started off in the education industry, if I'm not. Uh, I was in training and development. So okay, I was training and development. Yeah. Actually. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So from from training and uh, training and development to what you're doing now, um you were employed before and from there the dynamics is very different right being employed versus being an entrepreneur yourself what are the the things that you had to like crash course learn uh this one i think um digital marketing was the one main thing that um i had to crash course learn i was doing um you know at night before i sleep i really wanted to learn so i was actually doing a course on digital marketing i was going on vertical videos understanding how um, social media works and things because my entire um business is on social media so that was um, a very big struggle for me because i do not have a business account before this i've never handled one before this so now that i have one i would honestly say that um, beyond the baking right beyond the baking the most tiring one is actually the creating, um, creating the social media um, posts, uh, the content, especially you know, thinking, brainstorming, what to take, what to say, how to say, how to tag, you know, what sells, what not sells, and and that actually takes a lot of time and effort for me. Uh, yeah, I, that was a very big struggle to learn. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's that is something that. We tell as as a digital marketing company, we tell our clients as well because then they but they always say no lah, it's easy. What you just post like you normally do, it's not the same. When it's business, it's a different thing altogether, right? Exactly, and you know some people used to say that hashtags actually work. Yes, hashtags work, but you cannot be using the hashtags the same hashtags for every single post. It just never works. Yeah, <laughs> it's not yeah. as easy as it mm. And in your in your effort to to reach out to a multiracial uh, um, community, do you have a strategy for that? Um, not much of a strategy, I would say. Um, 
but I was actually very fortunate um, to get a clientele of my friends who are of other races um, mm-hmm. who, who actually bought from me. And then the reviews, I would say the reviews um, gave me a very good, um, how do you say, uh, it was a very good selling point. Lah. So when people look at reviews from people of their own similar races, yes. eventually people get um, the confidence to buy. And um, to a certain extent, um, during my initial days, um, I did uh, do um, social media marketing. I mean, promotion, paid promotions to reach out to other races as well. So, um, you know, targeted ads so that um, my Chinese New Year promotions or my Raya promotions reached out to the particular community that is targeted to. So that mm-hmm. was, yeah. And, and you use the expertise of, um, of the colleagues and friends to help you reach out to these people. Yes. Mm. I, I like that you were able to um, to so quickly articulate these things. I I I don't know. I mean, uh, for some people, it takes a long time to do this to be able to kind of like, in terms of localize your 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 message in order to reach out to the community. Because even in Malaysia itself, right, we can be so foreign to each other in terms of our cultural beliefs and cultural understanding. And there is a lot of localization that needs to be placed in in order to properly reach out to the people that you want to reach out to. Fair enough, yes. Agreed yeah. very much. Yeah. Um, right, let's let's go back to vegan products. I believe that there is, um, I think you have, you have done this right in terms of timing because a lot of urban people are starting to get all, you know, woke about veganism and vegetarianism. Um, do you see this new trend playing a part in um Yes, in I mean, look at um, bigger brands like um, KFC, you know, they are also introducing um, meat-free products. And I see the vegan um, trend coming in as fast as it can. So, and it's about time that... Um, I also want to learn more on vegan. I have no idea how it works, but I'm also learning how vegan, um, and how to say, I've been following a lot of um, um, vegan um, celebrities, vegan chefs, and and it's quite interesting when they say, um, uh, what they say about um, vegan products and, and how veganism actually works. Mm-hmm. Um, I might be also interested. I don't know, maybe someday. <laughs> It's quite it's quite interesting, right? Because when I see these things, uh, this trend now reaching back to the Malaysian shores, it's as Asians we have always embraced vegetarianism and veganism. I mean, I have so many members of my family who have been veganism, uh, who have been vegans and vegetarians for the for their whole lives, right? And we never really embraced it in our generation until some Westerner comes over and tells us, "Oh, you know what? Veganism is a new thing," and then all of a sudden we're all going for it. Right. It, it just it takes it takes a whole distance all the way to the west in order to come back to us when it's here exactly. with us the whole time. Exactly, exactly. I mean, for <laughs> me, look at this, right? Even my my family, I had a lot. My even my father, my grandmother, they are all vegetarian. Yeah. But now that you know, we've never thought of veganism as a thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's dive a little into financial and cash flow. Yeah. Um. Are you moving in? Are you still in the part where you are still very fluid in terms of this, or do you have a plan uh, set up for you? I am 
still in the fluid stage, I would say. Um, I am, oh, this question I'm really not prepared for. I've really not actually thought about it yet. Um, yeah, but <laughs> my, my, my entire um, banking and things, um, I know that I'm growing, but I do not know how to um, manage my finances yet. I'll be very honest with that. <laughs> no, um, honesty is very important here because um, all of us go through the same thing. And I speak to a lot of business owners, and especially in the beginning stages, they focus on what they know and what they're good at. But unfortunately, the one thing that is very important that we don't focus on, myself included, is finances. <laughs> yes. Like I keep doing what I love doing, but I really did not think about, you know, how to... I do the basic accounts, you know, what comes in, what goes out, how is my account, that's fine. But how to grow it, I've not really thought about it yet. Mm, yeah. So uh, now, now, okay, so now the next question we're going to go to is that um, do you see this becoming what you will do for the rest of your life versus versus are you planning to go back to a full-time employment? Okay, um, I am looking at this as full-time employment. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think I really love what I'm doing. Um, as much as I know that um, I may not be earning as much as I have been earning in the corporate life before, mm -hmm. but um, it's good. It's good. So um, I see the growth in this. I see my growth in this. So that would be something that I want to do. But um, I would not want to let go of um, the knowledges that I had in corporate life. So I'm also thinking that, um, that I have been, uh, I'm also a certified, HRDS certified uh, trainer. So mm -hmm. I, I might do that as a consultant work or as a part-time uh, uh, trainer, something that I'm exploring it. Um, now that I have, um, you know, previously my uh, main core was more on self-development and things like that. But now that I have hands-on um, knowledge on marketing or on digital marketing and social media marketing, I can do um, coaching or um, consultant work for smaller enterprises who actually need it. Yep, you can, you can work for um, you can you can work towards helping other mom and pop companies or self starters who are right. in their own kitchens trying to uh, build something for themselves. Yeah. So so what I want to get to you in the beginning now, right off the bat, is that I think we Malaysians have a bad uh, not bad, but it's a very old school mentality on um, how we make money. Is that we want to trade our time for money. The more time we spend on it, the more money we make. But in fact, that is wrong, which is that um, there is a way to leverage on other things or other people or other you know systems or whatever and be able to make more money than your corporate, than your corporate uh, job. But of course, in the beginning, it feels a little bit too difficult and you know, it's, oh, it's more stable that way. But uh, what's fun instability, right? Um, there is a way to do this, and it comes down to the details, which is financial planning, uh, which is, what is this, um, target, like like setting goals and reaching your goals and getting down to the nitty-gritty objective stuff. So from where you are now, uh, how we talk to business owners is sometimes we look at things like, uh, where do you want to be in the next six months? And it cannot be comfortable. It has to be growth, right? It has to be things, taking a, always taking a leap of faith at every single stage that you might fall, but always have a safety net for when you fall, you don't fall too far and you always fall down to the, the stage before. But 
there is a 50% chance that you will reach the next stage and then the next stage and then the next stage and the next stage. So maybe setting yourself a goal for the next six, uh, for the next six months to 12 months, let's say, if you're not very uh, optimistic or you know not very gung-ho, 12 months and say, in the next 12 months, I want this. Let's say, I want to have a kitchen outside of home with these kinds of equipment and one person to help me out. This person can be a, a part-timer. They will come in a few hours a day. They will just come in and help me do this. Or this person will help me do all the deliveries and take the orders and settle all the other stuff I'm not good at. Then another person maybe to help uh, part-time to manage my finances. It could be a husband because, you know, it's a family thing. You want to keep money within the family, you know, sensitive stuff. So then it's easy to do. Then you can tell yourself, okay, let's work towards being able to pay for A, B, and C in the next 12 months. How many units do I need to sell? How many seasons are there in Malaysia that I can sell all these things, uh, uh, festive seasons? And how many do I need to sell and how to push for that? Then it becomes, hey, it's achievable because if I do A, B, and C, in terms of the number of amount of, uh, of things, then I can be able to reach there. Yeah. Right. right. Thank you very much for that. I would start setting my goals already. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Set, but my goals are still very tiny, tiny, you know, like sales target. Okay, this month I have to do this. This month I have to go a bit more, a bit more. It's mm. working, but I did not set a bigger goal like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I completely understand you because... I come from, you know, I was there as well. And it's more comfortable to set the monthly goal because it's more it's more spontaneous, right? Then it feels more comfortable. Yeah. But if you set a, a grander goal and then you work yourself backwards and break it down into parts and then it becomes like, okay, now I have a grand goal. And it feels very intimidating and quite, quite anxious and scary. But I know that if I do it right, I will be able to reach it. Right, yeah. Yeah. Feels good. Feels good to yeah. hear. <laughs> <laughs> you can do this, right? Um. So let's let's move on to the the final uh the final question before we end for the day and meet up with you again in the next month, which is the big question, right? How has the COVID pandemic affected your business, whether it's positive or or negative, and what have you done to adapt to it? Okay. Um. When it comes to COVID. I would still say that it did not affect my business in a negative way. I only started this business because COVID happened and I lost my job. I have been thinking about baking, I don't know, for a very long time, but I've never had the guts to actually do it. I've never had the uh, guts to move out of my comfort zone to actually start baking. So when COVID happened and, you know, when I went into a different deep shit, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no problem. <laughs> So that is when I realized that, yes, uh, it's about time that I take the leap of faith. And, you know, if not now, when else? So uh, that is how uh, COVID has aff uh, affected my business. And it it has a very positive impact on me. Um, now that people are staying at home, uh, business is actually doing good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You probably could not see this, but I'm having goosebumps right now. <laughs> okay, so COVID has been a blessing in disguise for you personally yep. because it helped you, it pushed you out of your comfort zone and into what you have always wanted to do and doing it well as well. And that is that is amazing. That is amazing news. Yep. 
and I would have never, ever, ever imagined actually talking to in a podcast with you. I've seen all the podcasts before, and yeah, uh, it was. It's amazing that how um, this short amount of time has actually changed my life uh, drastically. That's good. So two goals checked. One is uh, one is to be able to turn your baking hobby into a job. The second one is to appear in a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so then the thing now is that um, you will be in for a surprise because we'll be doing this on a monthly basis where I'll catch up with you every month to All see right. what's been going on, what's new and everything. So then there'll be a little bit of a mounting pressure as well uh, because part of what we do on a monthly basis is check in on your goals, how you've been achieving them. Think of it as like, you know, someone pushing you from behind and saying, have you been doing this? Have you been doing this? Right. In a way, it does help because a lot of our uh, interviewees use this as a kind of like a checklist as well and update onto what's been going on. So they, they might think like, okay, next month, Sean wants me to, to report on new stuff. So let's give him new stuff to report oh, on. So let's let's get this done. Let's get that done. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Right. Um, yes. So before we wrap up this episode, uh, mm -hmm. Prabha, yeah. could you tell where the listeners can find out about you, your products and buy from you? Okay, uh, my um, listing is can be found in Facebook and Instagram. We are called Weekday Bakers. Or you can actually WhatsApp us at 016-601-2155. Okay, uh, could you repeat the number again just in case? Okay, 016-601-2155. Okay, so for all the listeners, Mother's Day is coming. So if you have no idea what to get for your moms, a vegetarian cookie would do the right job. Right. <laughs> okay, uh, that's all for this week's episode of Building a Business Podcast. Our podcast is available at Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Spotify. We post full videos on YouTube and clips on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Thank you very much, Prabha. We'll catch up with you next month. Thank you, Sean. Stay safe. Bye. Bye-bye.